So not only do I think that is a really great question to ask the women at at the abortion center, I do. When I yeah. call out, I will re, I'll recount this story and I will say, you know, the first question God ever asked a human being is, where are you? I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion. Touched your heart. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We are here on a day with thunder in the background, so you may hear that now and then. Yeah. I think there's even a tornado watch Uh-oh. or a warning or something. That, hopefully, you that, don't hear a tornado. Hopefully, that would be, that hopefully would be not. If yeah. so, it has been really great getting to know you all. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I pray you'll remember us always. <laughs> yes. But uh, we are here recording remotely. I'm Vicki Kaziorg, and I'm. Uh, Daniel Parks is uh, on the other side of Charlotte. Yes, I am. Yep. Both of us, though, experiencing rain and thunder. Hopefully that will not uh, affect our sound too badly. Yeah, I think it will be good. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and we're we're here in a new year. I got to write down, I was filling out some forms and got to write 2023 for the the first time. All right. A lot of first. Yeah. And, um, And in fact, that's what this podcast is, is about. Because yep. we're just starting this new year, you know, new beginnings, lots of first. Yeah. And I was I was thinking about that and did a Bible study that was just so great about some of the first in the Bible. Okay. And uh, specifically some of the first questions and first responses recorded in the Bible between humans, God, and even Satan. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was such an interesting study, but right away I connected all of these first with our work on the sidewalk, and actually it it was very inspiring. And um, I felt in, in ways that could help us on the sidewalk, help us to understand things that would equip us better to do what we do better as sidewalk, sidewalk outreach people. All right. So, so I'm going to quiz you. Don't don't look at my notes, Daniel. I'm going to okay. see how much right. we're all going to see how much Daniel Parks really knows. Oh wow, about, it's not very about much the, about so, the Bible. So, yeah. so the first topic in general, I'll give you a clue. It's right. how Satan works, how he tempts. Okay. And so, do you know what is the first question in the entire Bible? The first question in the, the first entire question. Bible. Um, did God really say? Is that Satan questioning God and, you know, God tells them, don't eat of the tree lest you die. Yep, did God that really is say? It. That's it. That's the first question. So that's okay. Genesis 3 1. And I'll read that. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Yeah. So this is so significant. Yeah. The first question is so 
typical of how Satan operates. Right, yeah. And I think an understanding of that question and what is at its root will help us on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. Because abortion is sin. And how did our society end up legalizing the murder of innocent little people in the womb and perverting God's clear word about yeah. the sanctity of human life. So at, at the essence of that question, Satan is really saying, is God good? Right, yeah. Yeah, he's calling into question the character of God, really. Yeah. And uh, really inviting, or say I would say tempting, Adam to enter in to to that whole sin of calling into question God's character. God's essentially what Satan is saying is God's trying to hold something back from you. He yeah. knows that when you eat of this tree, you're going to become like him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's calling into question the character of God. Yeah. And so think about, uh, you know, on the sidewalk, as, as I was trying to make it very real, all of these things that I was studying, I was trying to make very real and applicable to yeah. what happens on the sidewalk. And I thought uh, that temptation by Satan, by the enemy of our soul, happens to us all the time out on the sidewalk, and it, it happens to the moms that are out there yeah, intending to abort their child. But it also happens, it's the same tactic that the pro-abortion crowd uses to distract, discourage, and discredit us. Yeah. And to help make us start to, or the, the attempt anyway, to make us question ourselves. Yeah. Are, yeah. are we out there for a good purpose? Right. You know, you hear, you hear them, them say, um, don't you have better things to, to do with your time? Right. Don't you know those, those people are laughing at you? Don't you know that they've just given you the finger and they don't, they yeah. don't want you to talk to them? Um, who says that, that sex outside of marriage is, is not okay? What's right. wrong with you people? Um, you know, so, so, uh, is it really a baby? Right. Who yeah. says it's a baby? Where does the Bible use the word abortion? Right. All of those. Yeah, are you the hear that same that sort of tactic. stuff a lot. Yeah, the Bible doesn't mention anything about abortion. Right. You know, if God yeah. cares about these babies, why doesn't He save them? Can't your prayers work at home? You know, can't God answer your prayers at home? All these other just distractions is really what it is, and calling into question the character of God and tempting or trying to tempt us to call into question the character of God. So I had this very thing happen very um, obviously yesterday, very tragic, very sad case of um, a, an 11-year-old who was wow. raped by her father. And the, the aunt was, had, had brought the 11-year-old to, to abort the child. The aunt was a believer. She claimed to love God. And um, she came over to us very tearfully. Um, she was not at all antagonistic. She, she, in essence, agreed with us, but not in this case. Right. And, she's, yeah. and, and she said, well, why would God allow this? Yeah. Why would God allow this 11? Does God want my 11-year-old niece to bear a child? That might right. kill her. Yeah. Might kill her. It is a risk. It is a risk with such a young, young person. Yeah, it's no a risk doubt. that can be overcome, but it is a risk. And I will tell you, knowing... Thinking about this study that I prepared and thinking about how how Satan works helped me, yeah. Because um, 
I I had to keep redirecting um, away from questioning God's goodness. Yeah, and yeah. and talking about um, the truth of of the sacred value of that of that yeah, child, yeah. and that this is an evil world, a fallen world, yeah. and sin touches not only the person who's sinning, but lots yeah. of other people in its wake. I mean, if you think about it, the temptation that Satan brought to Adam and to Eve. Mm-hmm. And the temptations that are brought to us, how do you combat those temptations? How do you push back against those temptations? Yeah. You double down with the word of God. You know, Adam is like, well, God said we shouldn't eat of this tree. So he's he's giving God's word. Satan calls into the question God's word because Satan's always going to do that. Um, the response is not to consider what Satan's saying, like to ponder it. The response is to double down with the word of God. No, actually, God did say, God did say that in the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And I believe him. Yeah. And so when we're tempted in a situation like that, 11 year old, like, gosh, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you think that through? How do you like, gosh, I mean, not even just calling into question, God, why did you allow this? But just practically speaking, how's this going to work? Right. Still reminding ourselves what the Word of God says. Yep. Every human being is made in His image. Yep. That baby, even in this horrible situation, is made in the image of God. We yep. have to remind ourselves. We have to remind the devil. We have to remind those around us what God's Word says. God yep. doesn't... God, the Bible says there is no shadow of turning in Him. God doesn't double speak. When He says something, He means it. Right, and so he says human beings are made in his image. He means it. He's not backing. He's not backtracking on that. Right, and so we shouldn't either. And that's how you push back against the devil. I mean, you'll see Jesus, of course, doing that in his temptation with Satan um, in the early part of the Gospels. Yeah, as he's pushing back, Satan's, of course, gonna pervert the word of God, and that's that's what you see a lot, right? Yeah. Um, but Jesus pushes back with the word of God. God indeed did say, right? Um, and so we've got to do the same. And of course, how can you do that if you don't yourself know the word of God? You need really to be, that's point. why yep. you need to be in the scriptures on a regular yep. basis. You do. You and do. Uh, be in fellowship with the Lord on a regular basis so that yeah. you can double down in the truth of what God's word says. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really good that um, the first question in the Bible helps helps us to all consider how Satan works and how he yeah. tempts, because if you know that, if you know your enemy, um, you know how to counter yeah. your enemy yeah, also. Okay, next next question. Okay. Um, and I will give you a hint again. Okay. I think this question— I'm trying question, not to look at the article so I don't, don't cheat. Don't look at the article. That don't okay. cheat. All right. Um, <laughs> We're counting on your integrity. Okay, <laughs> so right. so the 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 general uh, topic, I think, um, or concept that's brought out with this next question is the call to confession and repentance. Okay. okay. So, what is the first question that God asks a human being? Um. Well, I would say it was not terribly long after the incident with. Adam um, believing the lie of the devil, mm-hmm. um, I believe God asks, where are you? Oh, Daniel is two for two. Is that? Okay. This it. is why okay. this is why we pay him the big bucks. Folks. Right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So that is Genesis three, nine. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. So they had sinned. They knew they'd sinned, obviously, because they hid themselves. First time they ever felt the need to hide from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, I know for years I've read that question, never really thought about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought God's confronting Adam and Eve. But first of all, does God know where they are? Of course. Yeah, of course. Right. God knows where they are. The eye of the Lord is in every place, right? Exactly. So why? Why did he ask them, where are you? Um, I mean, I think kind of provoking them to self-reflection, right? Like, basically, he's asking, why are you hiding? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hope is, I believe, that um, there would be repentance. There would be an acknowledgement of rebellion and sin against God. I think that is exactly why he asked that. That is the conclusion I came to as well. Yeah. Um, That he's giving them an opportunity to come out of hiding, yeah. to recognize their sin, to admit their sin, to confess their sin, and hopefully to lead to true repentance, which is not what happens. Right. That, yeah. That's not at all what happens. So not only do I think that is a really great question to ask the women at, at the abortion center, I do. When I yeah. call out, I will re- I'll recount this story, and I will say, you know, the first question God ever asked a human being is, where are you, yeah. to Adam and yeah. Eve? And I think he's asking that of each one of us right You're now. Right. Yeah. yeah, Where are we, and what are we doing in the face of this evil right now? Yeah. Um, and what, what Adam yeah, and I mean, Eve— I'll, I'll say this, that where are you question is not a geographical question. Right, right. Yeah. It's a position of the heart, right? Exactly. Where are you in your heart? Yeah. Before God, where yeah. where are you? Yeah. And um and the way that Adam and Eve responded is just what we hear from the women out at the abortion center. It's rationalizations. It's blaming. First yeah. Adam Adam blames well, I can't remember the order who does it first. Um who I I actually don't remember who he talked to first, but um, you know, Adam blames God, that woman you gave me. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Ultimately that's what it comes down to. It comes down to uh, an accusation against the Lord, the very blessing that you gave me when God the first thing that God said, if you talk about first, that was not good, right? He makes um all the things, you know, the seven days of creation. He makes all those things and said, it's good, it's good, it's very good. The first thing that God says is not good is that it's not good that man should be alone. Right. And he makes for man this woman, the companion that is suitable for him, and as a blessing to Adam right. so that he's not alone as one who's made in God's image. And yet that very gift that God had gave to Adam, he kind of turned uh, the picture that I'd had I'd shared this with my kids. It's like if I bought them a brand new bike and they went and, and wrecked the bike and I'm like, you know, coming out to their aid and like, hey, what's going on? It's like, dad, why did you give me this bike? You know, it's it's like <laughs> right. it's my fault because I gave them a bike. When in reality, <laughs> right. they were being careless. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's what it is. It's an accusation against the Lord from Adam. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. But and we then, do that same thing ourselves if we're not careful. And of course... The women at the abortion center that we encounter, the families that we encounter there yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Eve's response is uh, to blame that snake. That right. you know, and in other words, there's never personal responsibilities. Yeah, there's continual shifting of responsibility first to God or to someone else. Yeah, it's yeah. it's someone else's fault. Right. Yeah, which is um, very dangerous if if the hope is that people will recognize their own sin and ultimately recognize their need for a savior. Yeah. But if you yeah, keep absolutely. saying, well, it's someone else's fault, then you can, in your own mind, justify and rationalize yeah. anything. Yeah. The Bible says that God resists the proud, mm-hmm. but he gives grace to the humble. The proud are those who, who shift blame. Yeah. Um, the beginning of humility is agreement with the Lord. The beginning of humility is taking responsibility. Uh, John says in First John chapter one, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. So there's this dynamic of where Paul says we're, we all stumble in various ways, right? This is a reality. This is a human reality that we all stumble in various ways. We all fall into temptation. The question with those temptations, though, is do we humble ourselves and acknowledge our sin and our departure from truth? And that's for us, you know, not just for unbelievers, that's for us as believers. That's for us, you know, when there are days where, um, I don't know, we, we get in the flesh and we start thinking, you know, things in the flesh and we, we maybe have some contention with one of our teammates or something on the sidewalk or we, we don't, we're not serious when we're out there on the sidewalk with the focus that we should have or whatever it might be. Um, we can all get off base, but we need to acknowledge when we're confronted um, our sin, our departure from truth, our lack of wisdom, and move forward. Like God's not God's not beating us up every time we stumble. He's not looking for reasons to throw down lightning bolts on us and destroy us. God's looking for reasons to give us mercy. Yeah, but humility is the open door to God's grace and God's mercy. We got to humble ourselves. Yeah, and the same way, if we we can't give what we don't have, right? And we want these women and these men to humble themselves. But we've got to humble ourselves first, and acknowledge when we depart from what we should be doing, um, that we've departed and and repent. Yeah. And God will give us grace, yeah. and then we can help these women and these men to to understand God's grace and humility. Yeah, so, which is so kind of the practical application, and well, how yeah. is this applied to the sidewalk? Is is really that? Uh, they will throw out the the people there having the abortion will will throw out every excuse they can come up with, and you just have to keep cutting through yeah. those excuses. And um, as the that shifting responsibility away from you have a choice to make right now, and it's it's really very simple: will you yeah, follow God right. or will you follow Satan? Will you choose life yeah. or will you will you choose death? And and bringing it back to personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay, next one, and I'll give you the clue. Okay. Uh, I think the general concept is our responsibility to care for others. Okay. Uh, so what is the first question recorded that humans ask of God? Okay. Wow. Um, that's uh, That's a stumper. That's a tough one. Okay. Okay. Well, you're you're doing quite well, Daniel. Okay. <laughs> but this is in Genesis four nine. Okay. Hold on. So this is uh, Cain and Abel. This is Cain and Abel's story. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. 
So the first question that humans ask of God, Genesis 4, 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? Now that's God speaking, but oh, he's already okay. asked I know what questions. It is. So, oh, you think you know it now? Keeper? Very good. Okay. Yeah. He just needed a few more clues. That's right. But, but good. You got it. Because then uh, Cain, he said, Cain said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Right. That's the first question a human then um, asks, asks of God, and, and God responds, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the yeah. ground. Yeah. So Cain is in essence saying, am I responsible? For right. someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for my brother, he just killed his brother. I mean, it, it's right, a little bit beyond responsibility for your brother. But but God is very clear in his answer. Yes. Yeah, your your yeah. brother's blood, uh, the blood guilt calls out to me. You are guilty and you are responsible yeah. For, yeah. for your brother. And of course, the reality is that we understand as believers in Jesus, when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, what, he, what was he saying? You are your brother's keeper, yeah. right? You you have a responsibility to help your brothers and sisters in need. You have a responsibility to help your neighbors in need. And, uh, you know, strangely enough, this was kind of weird to me, not not weird in the sense that I was surprised, but I had one of the pro aborts, this is a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. actually yelling this out continually. I am not my brother's keeper. I am oh, wow. not my brother's keeper. In light of abortion and the reality that we should protect the innocent, it was like to me it was it was a it was kind of like the devil showing his hand, right? Wow. Just yeah. like I am not my brother's keeper. So, so weird, so strange that she would even say that. Um, but it's just again a manifestation of uh, human beings aligning themselves with the devil. Right. And um and a perversion of the human bond to each other. You know, we're yeah. human beings. There should be a bond, a care, a love. Uh that was uh, you know, strangely exhibited to me um in um the very tragic collapse with a heart attack recently in some, I don't even know which football game it was, but everybody was watching it over New Year's right. and the guy collapsed and apparently had a heart attack um, and I think is still in critical condition. Um, they re- they revived him on the field. But, um, but the entire, um, I don't know if the entire stadium started praying, but definitely everyone on the field all gathered and knelt. And we're praying, and it, and apparently the newscasters. I didn't see this; I just read about it. But the newscasters were um, were calling everyone to prayer in a place where you know prayer has been prohibited. Yeah. <laughs> and and but when um, it did, it was on one hand it it made me angry because of the hypocrisy of of. Um, where prayer has been prohibited all of a sudden calling for prayer. But on the other hand, it it gave me a sense of hope that really that there was a recognition at that moment, this is a fellow human being in very bad shape. And they yeah. knew the the only hope, the the person to call upon, the one to call upon was God in, yeah. in communal prayer. We are our brother's keepers. We do care. Yeah. We should yeah. care um, about our fellow human beings. And uh, the application of this passage to what happens at the abortion center is so clear. Yeah, the blood absolutely. of those babies is crying out. It is yeah. crying out. We are responsible, every one of us, 
not just those mothers. They are, of course, very responsible. The fathers, who the drivers, yeah, the um, abortion workers. It all yes, but I am thinking in terms of, uh, if we're our brother's keeper, well, where are most of us? While yesterday, three kindergarten classes were being slaughtered, and we knew yeah. exactly where. Where yeah, and that's where, just here in Charlotte. Where were we? Of course. Where were we? Yeah, you know, were were we there caring about our brother? Were we speaking out? Because I do believe that um, when we stand before the Lord, that's going to be one of His questions in yeah. in this uh, major issue yeah. of, of our times, moral issue of our times. Were we standing someplace, raising our voice to to protect um, the blood of those innocent children? Yeah. So, um, okay, the last one. Okay. All right. Put your thinking cap on. All right. What is the first cry of a human for mercy from God? Okay. Well, I mean, I think in line with the Cain and Abel story, I guess it was Cain. Yeah, Yeah. it was Cain crying out to the Lord for mercy. Um, Obviously, he was found guilty of shedding his brother's innocent blood. Yeah. And God's going to put a curse on Cain. Mm -hmm. And Cain cries out to God for mercy. Um, so yeah, that, that would be, you're, you're correct. So, and I think it's again, a very telling passage and a very important yeah. passage and it, it's in Genesis four. It is just like you said, it's right after, uh, God has called Cain to account. He's found him guilty. Um, he has killed his brother. And, um, so in Gen- uh, Genesis four verses 13 to 15, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. So Cain calls out for mercy, and God provides mercy. God yeah. grants mercy. So as I was again, I've never really thought all that deeply about this passage, but I was, and I was thinking, why doesn't God strike him dead? He killed yeah. his brother yeah. um, in cold blood. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's pretty, I, pretty callous. <laughs> yeah, it is. What? And so I, I really, I could be reading too much into this passage, but I examined this passage more carefully. And there were two things that, that struck me. He he says, I shall, first of all, the punishment's too great, um, but I shall be hidden from your face, and whoever yeah. finds me will kill me. And I thought, what Cain is saying there is, without your protection, if, if I am not yours, Lord, if your face is not upon me, there is no hope. Yeah. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, I think that's a cry God wants to hear. Yeah. A recognition without you, I am without hope. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, I've never read a commentary about this, so I don't know, I could be totally off base. But I just thought maybe that's why God doesn't strike him dead. Or yeah. maybe it's part yeah. of the reason. Yeah, I mean, definitely there's some reason it doesn't plainly tell us, but we can surmise from what we read that there was at least, seems to me, some humility there, and God responds to humility. 
And uh, God did give him mercy in this. As a matter of fact, not just gave him mercy, but set a mark on him so that no one else would mess with him. Almost like God put his stamp, not of approval, but of protection over Cain. So, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty amazing. It shows the mercy of God. And it does even show the mercy of, sin, of God. God's and, willing to give mercy. Yeah, and, and as in the whole concept of forgiveness, how we have to be so careful when we introduce these concepts um, yeah. to the women who are actively uh, contemplating and on their way in to abort a child. I think the mercy of God is... Um, is all that helps us from just absolute utter destruction and despair. Yeah. And um and I think we can point out that why God was merciful was Cain's absolute well his recognition of his absolute dependence on God for protection and saving of yeah. salvation and and that that's where all of us need to come including the the women that it yeah. is so important to recognize we are helpless without him they are on a path to their own path their own choices that have led already to such a place of death and destruction they're continuing on that path if they kill their baby they're just yeah. continuing on a path of reliance on themselves and i think this passage helps to bring us back and maybe helps to bring them back to an understanding your own choices will only lead to further death yeah. and destruction you absolutely need to completely rely on god and yeah. submit fully to him him in in all things in, including this what you're about to do so yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, kind of in stuff. a summary, I wrote a, at at the end of this uh, just to kind of summarize what I think these list of first help us, how they help us on in our rollout on the sidewalk. I believe our role is to illuminate um, the um, that that need for God in a similar way as it unfolds in these yeah. first in Genesis. So first, expose the temptation to question God. Examine where they are and give them the opportunity to confess and leave. Convict them of their need, biblically, to care for others, and obviously their responsibility to protect that baby and fellow humans. And then finally, to turn in helpless submission to really the only answer, to save them from their sin. And and their depravity, which yeah. is God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All good stuff. Well, guys, we hope that this episode was a blessing to you guys. And if you have more to add to this, maybe some insights that we didn't talk about in this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. We encourage you guys also to leave us a review. We've gotten a few good reviews over the past couple of weeks, and those are encouraging and uh, so keep those good reviews coming. Whatever podcast service that you use, there's likely some kind of way to leave us five stars and leave us a review. So again, we'd like to hear from you on that. Also, take advantage of the podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where all of our episodes are. And you can search different keywords and things like that to find episodes that we've done in the past about different subjects. And check out our training and equipping website, sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks the number four life.com. Um, and we hope that you guys have a blessed week. And uh, God bless. God bless you all. 
gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you 